the Popcorn Boys, and we're coming in hot. We are coming at you live from Culver City, California. I'm Kyle Jamison. With me is Daniel Trainer. It is Popcorn Boys after dark. Is it ever? And Daniel, how many um, how many saints would you say you know in the <laughs> in the Newark, New Jersey area? Well, we got <laughs> well, we got Tony. We got uh, Mike. The answer was supposed to be many. Oh, Kyle, many, many saints of Newark, New Jersey. Oh, a place I never want to go. Have I ever been to Newark? I sure hope not. I can't remember if I have. Newark, New certainly not Jersey. An extended stay, but uh, I may have driven through it. Yeah, that feels about right for somebody from the East Coast. Yeah, I've everyone's spent, driven through spent Newark, some time in New Jersey. Isn't there a devil in? New Jersey? There's saints, there's devils. Isn't that why, aren't the New Jersey devils called the devils because there's a devil in Newark or something? I don't know. Hmm. Is that a thing? I sure think so. Oh, there you go. There's devils everywhere we look. <laughs> uh, most of my New Jersey experience growing up was uh, my cousins and aunt and uncle lived. Aunt? Lived in, no, aunt. Aunt and uncle? And they lived right near Six Flags. Great There's a Six Flags in New Jersey? Six Flags Great Adventure. Oh, my God. Home of the famous Great American Scream Machine. <laughs> At one point, it was the fastest looping roller coaster in the world. Now, why do you know that? Because I've been there multiple times. Yeah, sure. I've been in many amusement parks. I don't know what they're known for. Well, that's your loss. A uh, Six Flags. How many Six Flags are there? Uh, six. Wait, what are the flags? Wait, is six the answer? Yeah. There's six six flags? Correct. What? No, I'm just kidding. How many are there? There gotta be fifty. I don't know. Maybe there was six I feel like or, maybe every, there was six originally. I feel like everybody I feel like everybody I've ever met is like, Oh, I'm from, you know, uh Delaware. Yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, right down the street from the six flags. Says they're from Delaware. No, I'm just saying everyone's like, yeah, I actually grew up. I was like, yeah, you probably don't know, but I actually I grew up right down the street from the six flags. I grew yeah, up from the, the one grew in up down the street from six flags, red, white, and blue. <laughs> anyway, uh, how did we get here? Oh, right, the many saints of Newark. Yeah. Hey, my boy Tommy, Tony, Mike, like, hey, I'm walking in, hey, I'm walking in. That's what they say in New Jersey all the time. You pull up to a stoplight, so hey, later on I'm walking in. Later on in this episode, we will be diving deep into the many saints of Newark. Our thoughts sure. on the Sopranos prequel. Of course. Sopranos? Sopranos? Okay, what do you, this is what do you say? very important. This is like when yesterday, out of absolutely nowhere, you said... Do you say data or data? And no, I, I said data. It was not out of nowhere. I got a text asking me that question. Okay, but that's out of nowhere to me. Yeah, well, not. I didn't get the text. Life doesn't revolve around you. Oh, I'm walking in. Okay, you got to stop. Data. Data. Date. If data? you say data, d what is with you with these like data, aunt? I think I say data. These long vowels. Wait, before it's been um, inputted, it's data, and after it's oh been inputted, God. it's Here's data. Here's this again. 
once it's inputted its data before it's inputted its data. That's correct. So when when it gets inputted, the spelling or the pronunciation changes. That's correct. If someone says, "Excuse me, can you uh, can you input all the data?" and then when the task is completed, they say, "Hey, is uh, uh sir, I've uh, I've inputted the data. Data. It's, it's data now because it's, it's been data. <laughs> data. Aunt. Ant." All right, we will begin this episode like we do every episode with a box office recap. Oh, baby. Hold on. Let me just just relax in here. Let me lay back. Let me get comfortable. Okay, yeah. What do you got for me here? Okay. I have thoughts, but first I will give you the numbers. Yeah, I'm sure you do. How you suck at this. So... I have thoughts. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, hey, Let There Be Carnage at the box office. Is there a reason you're screaming at the top of your lungs? Am I? Let me check my levels. No, I'm not screaming. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think you'd be screaming too if you were absolutely killing it in the box office challenge. Venom, Let There Be Carnage came out and opened Let There Be Carnage at the box office. That's what I've been calling it. You've said that before? Venom, I zone out during this Venom, colon, every, let there be I, col- carnage, and then I say in parentheses at the box office. I've said that on this podcast quite literally at least 20 times. I zone out during this portion every week. At least 20 times. Yeah, I do zone out during this portion, yeah. Oh, good. So, uh, it opened to $90 million, the biggest opening uh, since uh, before the pandemic. I've been alive. Oh. And, you know... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever it doesn't matter, he says. Just absolutely. The Adams Family 2, also on your team, also dun, 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 to dun, what, 18-ish dun, dun, million dollars. Dun, 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 Current standings, dun, Daniel dun, has broken the dun, 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 one. Box office hit. Daniel has broken the $1 billion mark. Oh, I'm so, oh sorry. I, I got a call real quick when you said that. Could you repeat that? You're at $1,049,000,000. Uh, Kyle is sitting at $752 million, So I got some... Why are you talking about yourself in the third up. person? What? Why talk about yourself in the third person? Well, Kyle has made. For the listeners. They know who you are. Do they? I would hope so. Should we tell them? This is my friend Kyle. So for reference. He's obsessed with losing in the box office challenge. It's embarrassing at this point. Just for reference, when we looked this up uh, before we started today, we looked up around this same date. Two years ago, so pre-pandemic box office. Pre, you know what I call the the before times, the pre-demic. Hey, how have you spent the pandy? <laughs> hey, what'd you read during the pandy? Uh, so around this time in 2019, uh, my I had already broke three billion. Wow, you had broken 2.5 billion, hmm. and now uh, in the challenge this year. You've just now broken one billion, and I'm at seven hundred fifty million. Yeah. So movies aren't making as much as they were two years ago. Yeah, but I would say, except for Venom, Let There Be Carnage at the box office, it does feel like we have maybe turned a corner here, right? Due to due to Venom, right? Well, due to Michelle Williams, right? Here's the thing. I need to speak to the American people. Oh yeah, you had a point. Oh my god. American? 
people listen to this podcast all over the world. Well, I'm not talking to them. I'm only talking to the American And I never would. Public. I bleed the red, white, and blue. And I guess... And I'm proud to be an American. What's that Toby Keith song? I'll put a boot in your ass. (laughs) Can you rein it in? I'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put his name at the top of your list. And the statue I'm of going Liberty to started shaking her fist. your microphone. Do you any, know that at song? At any moment. Yes, of course I know that song. Toby Keith. Toby Keith, who is a singer and also a restaurateur. <laughs> Toby, T- Toby Keith's American Bar and Grill. Something, something like that. Called, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We uh, should go. All right. I have some comments that I need America to hear. Okay. I'll be quiet. Stop seeing Venom. <laughs> what are we doing? This movie <laughs> is awful. Did I see it? No. Hmm. Would I ever see it? No. Hmm. Just awful. Let me know when I'm allowed to speak. You're, you're, I'm just Let don't. me know when I'm allowed to speak on. Remember, you have the floor. You have the floor. Last week's you have episode, the floor, straight white man. You remember last week's episode, the best moment of the podcast when you went to the bathroom and I spent <laughs> about five minutes just speaking to the listeners on my own? That was oh, like, yeah, your little fireside chat. <laughs> Here's the thing. We got, we got to stop seeing Venom. <laughs> oh, is this what everyone wanted? We wanted Venom, let there be even more carnage, Venom 3, because that's what's going to happen. I guess the real thing that I'm worried about is, so, No Time to Die opens this week. And yes, it's on my team, and yes, Venom's on your team. But if if No Time to Die struggles at the box office, I'm going to be very upset. Because if people are going to see a movie like Venom, and that's breaking records, and and then, and then they don't show up for my boy JB... That's James Bond. Uh, this is going to be hell to pay. All right, you're allowed to speak. B. J. B. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> uh, a week ago at this time, you you were yeah. at a what is it, critics, critics screening, screening, press screening? Listen, I, I Premier? don't want. Where, where, where we at? I don't want to boast here too much, but suffice to say, I am an influential member of the film community. Yeah, you know, some, some. I am not saying that, but some have said that. You know, people have, you know, people have sort of mentioned that to me. Oh, wow, look at you, an influential member of the film community. And, um, you know, was I invited to a press screening of the film uh, Lamb last week at the London Hotel in West Hollywood? <laughs> Yeah, I was invited to a press screening of the film Lamb at the London Hotel in West Hollywood last week that featured an after party with hors d'oeuvres and an open bar. The hors d'oeuvres included a vegetable samosa. Can you spell hors d'oeuvres? H-O-R-S space D-E I don't have it up, by the way. Space? So I won't. Or D-E. D-E. Isn't it D apostrophe? Oh, yeah. D apostrophe O U R V E S. Uh, spell it again. 
H O R S. Yes. Space. Uh huh. D apostrophe. O U R V E S or Derbs. Use it in a sentence. It's D apostrophe O E U V R E. Damn it. My spelling be hell come to life. I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to a press screening of Lamb. Thank you. Uh, sat next to one of the cast members of Stranger Things. Thank you. He talked during the movie. No, thank you. Uh, the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, hors d'oeuvres. Were, were there any lamb-based <laughs> hors d'oeuvres? Uh, it's a great question. I don't think so. As a vegan. Oh, God. Never mind. Please pretend I didn't ask that. I could only eat one of them. They had a vegan samosa. I had two of those. Standing on the rooftop of a hotel alone. Um, I had two of those. The percentage of sentences you say this <laughs> as a vegan is just. Oh, I thought you were going to say I did it alone. <laughs> and no. both apply. Oh. Uh, other hors d'oeuvres, things, things such as ceviche, things such as, you know what people love to do at a cocktail party? Hey, do you want some fried goat cheese? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many goat cheese balls. Do you want a goat cheese ball? Goat cheese is a little bit overrated. Goat cheese ball? Goat cheese ball? It's not, it's, it's like a. Goat cheese it ball? It should be treated as a delicacy. When you have it. Very goat infrequently. Cheese? Yeah. Interesting. They, they started putting it on too many things, and it's kind of worn out its welcome. Yeah. Sort of the big brie of 2021. <laughs> exactly. Like brie? Uh, that's fine. I'm talking Larson. Yeah, love beer. Love brie. Um, ceviche, what else was there? Oh, some sliders that didn't look particularly good. Um, So I went and saw Lamb. Bam. Uh, a movie that I uh, quite enjoyed, I do have to say. It is funny, though, going to something like that where it's it's almost difficult to separate the experience from the movie. Like, it makes you feel a little nuts where I'm like, did I actually like that movie as much as I think I did or mm. did I just, like, enjoy being wined and dined? Right. And that's how they get you, right? Exactly. I mean, but I think... Life of a critic, you know? Oh, God, I that's know. That's why... Huh. Normally, we try to stay out of that world as, you know, we, we could be going to all these oh, premieres we, and everything. <laughs> the Popcorn Boys, we, we turn down invitations all the time. We, no, we say, hey, and right. we need to see it by ourselves on a Tuesday afternoon at the Landmark. <laughs> we want to be two of the four or six people in the theater. But Wait, no more. I, I have something to say about this uh, when we discuss our next movie. But real quick about Lamb. Uh, a movie that uh, so Lamb is in theaters uh, this week, as in Friday, whatever October. What are we looking at? What's today? Mm, the fifth. The fifth. To the eighth. Seventh. Eighth. So it's in theaters this weekend. Uh, I, rec- I I highly uh, recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. Starring Numi Rapace. Nailed it. Somebody who yeah I interviewed on Zoom the day after. Wait, hold on. Okay. I allowed for people to be like, <gasps> as they were listening. Oh, yeah, right. That's um, Because they wouldn't be able to hear the next thing you said because they were gasping. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, did yeah. you ask her about Prometheus? <laughs> no, I did not. Alien Covenant? No. Mm, girl with I, the dragon un- tattoo. I unfortunately only had time Swedish to ask movies. her about the feature film Lamb. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, only feature film Lamb. Yeah. Uh, good, But I enjoyed it. Go see. I, I want you to go see it. 
Yeah, I'd like to see it. Uh, yeah. You know, any anytime a movie comes out and there's seemingly some Not a press screening for you, but yeah. seemingly some sort of lamb boy, I, I feel like I have to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, ugh, I I you know, I do feel bad for you that you will have to like sort of like you know, I'll go see it amongst like, you know, the normals, you know. I of course did see a press screening at the London Hotel. In I don't Hollywood. think there's going to be a lot of normals at the theater <laughs> Going to see Lamb? <laughs> uh, you never know. Speaking, Speaking of, of not normals at the theater, Daniel and I on on yesterday, yesterday, Monday, uh, saw pronounce it for me, Titan. We saw Titan, <laughs> Titan. Remember the Titan. 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 Uh, this is a movie spelled T I T A N E. Um, it is a French film. It won the Palme d'Or. Correct. At Cannes this year, the film festival. I say Cannes. Cannes. We're going the opposite. I, I, I like. Uh, yeah, you know what? I like. I like Cannes because it's aunt. Your it's not aunt. aunt. I was going to say your aunt. Yeah. You, right. So no. I should. I should stick with the. Aunt I prefer Cannes. I prefer Cannes. Yeah, I prefer Cannes. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, an. In- oh, so we saw it uh, in the middle of a thunderstorm in Los Angeles. Wow. Which, let me tell you, was very confusing. For <laughs> we were in the middle of the movie. There were, and we'll get into it in a second, but this movie is very weird, very dark, very intense. Yeah. Uh, and in the middle of it, all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, why? They're like, they're blasting this like, sound effect of thunder in the middle of the scene. It doesn't seem to be stormy there. But I think you and I had the same thought. We're like, this movie's nuts. They'll do whatever they want. A thunderstorm in the middle of this scene? God, they've done it again. <laughs> right. Turns out, no, uh, it was just a real-life thunderstorm that was very loud and had to have been right over the theater at the moment. Yeah. To the point where, like, the seats were almost, like, shaking. It was... To the point where we got out of the movie and you proceeded to take pictures of the sky from oh, the cool mounted four... I don't, I'm going to go ahead and say 45 minutes. We were up on the... the... We almost lost our validation. You ever think about that? <laughs> you get three hours at the landmark. That's true. Um, Taking a picture of the sky. Almost lost... We had to pay $20 probably. I got some good pics of the sky. Yeah, post them to the show notes. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Yeah. It is fun to get a rainy day in LA though. Rainy, thunderstorm. Come on. I went for a walk in it last night. Did you? Yeah. While it was it. still thunder and lightning in oh, thunder, lightning. Yeah, I got all wet. It was fun. No, that sounds I love it really was. I, I love getting wet during a walk. Only at night though. I want to get wet during a walk and then go home and take a shower and go to bed. Okay. I don't want to get walked during a I don't want to get walked during a wet. I don't want to I don't want to get wet during a walk in the middle of the day. That's Nobody a does. Ni- that's, Nobody does. That's a nightmare. Okay, can I okay, we can speak briefly about Titan. But what I want to ask you is, I'm sure you noticed this, but I, when we go, when we walked into the theater yesterday, yes. So we had picked our seats going in. Yes. I know you. Of course. Yeah. So we had picked our seats going in, and we there picked, were, uh, I believe, five people in the theater, including the two of us. There were three other people. Three all other people separately. who are uh, my family, my soulmates. If you're seeing Titan at three thirty on a Tuesday afternoon. I do consider you family. <laughs> uh, it was Monday, but yeah, you know. Monday, and it, 
Monday, Tuesday, any any day of the week, honestly. Um, but so we know that there was somebody in the back row who would pick the seat in the back row, sort of right corner. Right. So we picked our seats row in front, sort of over to the left. And as we walked into the theater, we had noticed who I assume was the back right corner man. Had to have been. Was in the row in front, in the same row where we had picked our seats. We did not have our own row. But you were leading the way. And I was wondering as we walked up there. Do you if, think I was going to take the back if, row? No. I was going to say if you were going to maybe follow his lead and go a row in front. Oh. But it's that awkward situation where in a movie where there's only five people, we sat maybe six seats away from one of the people. But it was his fault. Right. He didn't sit in his seat. No, he didn't sit in his seat. And we were far and enough. And why would that... you do what, – what's the rationale there? Maybe – Maybe uh... he made a mistake. He sat down in his original seat and was like, Ugh, Do you know what I bet it was? I'm a little too far away. Do you know what I bet it was? You know, we've experienced that this. That air conditioner? The air conditioner. <laughs> the that's exactly right. right. That, <laughs> that is exactly right. It hits him right there. I bet that's what happened. Remember when that woman was trying to switch seats? Do you remember what movie it was during? Because uh, I do. No, I don't remember. In the shower. Was it? Yeah, definitely. It was during shower. It was during shower. It was during Stars Born. Oh. Yes. That was a packed theater. That was a packed theater. We made friends with the girl on our left. Remember? She was like having fun with us. Oh, yeah. Remember that? We're like, oh, we'd be, we're like talking with her. We're like, oh, she'd be friends with Like, I, it was like, I remember thinking, should we be like, do you want to like hang out <laughs> after the movie? I don't remember being that friendly. I do. And then. The, but yeah, there's a couple in front. God, wait, what happened? There's a couple in front of us who were complaining about their seats and they wanted to move because of the air conditioner. Right. And they asked the girl behind them to, to like switch, to with switch them. with them. And the girl goes, she was like, no. no. <laughs> she was like, what? I don't want to get hit by the air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were so incensed that she would decline. Right, exactly. There was no – it was like, uh, you know, when you're on an airplane and you, like, you find someone by themselves. Oh, actually, we're together. Do you mind? Like, I have a window seat. You have a window seat. Do you mind if we switch those? Like, in that scenario, yeah. 95% of the time the person is going to say yes. Sure. In this scenario, there was no benefit for the person to say yes. Absolutely in, in fact, there was a, a noted – What's the opposite of benefit? Downgrade? Downgrade. Let's go with downgrade, yeah. For switching because, as the woman was pointing out, it was freezing in her seat. The air yeah. conditioner was hitting her directly. Well, she called – she she, like, she she fucked it up. Like, she – they were noticeably complaining about how cold right, they exactly, were. Exactly, exactly. That's she what I'm like, saying. Ooh, ooh. She was like fucking rose on the door in Titanic. But, and then all of a sudden <laughs> she goes, would you move seats with me, darling? And the girl's like – no. <laughs> uh, no. But, like, full expectation that she was going to swap with them. Oh, yeah, and they were so bad. Incensed. God. And, like, the the woman's husband was just like, oh, God. Yeah. Please let me die. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he was Jack. And then uh, were they the same one who belatedly realized that that Bradley <laughs> Cooper was killing himself in the movie? Spoiler no. alert. No, those, those people weren't bad. The the Stars Born theater experience is <laughs> we're still talking about it. Obviously, no, that was a different couple in back of us. Who listen? This, I, I I'm not. These are going to be Stars Born spoilers. Sorry for the 2019 film Stars Born. Already spoiled it. Twelve. Seconds so Bradley ago. Cooper in the movie kills himself 
And like after he <laughs> after <laughs> after he commits suicide, <laughs> he says, cackling. After Bradley Cooper kills himself in a Star's board, there's sort of like. If I remember correctly, it's just sort of like a moment of just sort of like silence. Isn't there like the in dog the, is sitting there or something? The dog, yeah. Like in the movie. And there's this like older couple behind us. One of them leans over to the other and he goes, I think he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> so loud. Yeah, he really, uh, he really read the. Oh, God. He really read the. Um, the context of the scene there quite well. God, just unbelievable. Oh, anyway, okay. so T10. Oh, yes. A movie that I think, uh, I don't think, I know that I enjoyed more than you. Yes. Uh, it, it's a movie that I, it, it, I wasn't absolutely on board and in love with all of it, but I appreciated its sort of like audaciousness. It's loud. It's throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. I'm not sure all of it sticks, but I I enjoyed it for sort of its brashness, and it's it's very bold, it's very insane. Mm. Uh, but it's a movie that I like won't forget. You know, it's, it's a movie that'll stick with me, and it's sort of like I've been thinking about it today after having seen it. Um, it's certainly a movie that's not for everybody. Yes, uh, unfortunately, I think it wasn't for me. The word uh, there's a two word <laughs> phrase that I. I am using to describe my experience at this movie, which is uh, profoundly unpleasant. Yeah, but like even so. When now, you... now saying that, I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's. I appreciate what they're going for. I appreciate the way it was put together. I appreciate the performances. Um, particularly, I thought the the father actor yeah. guy was excellent, and the, the main the main girl. Guy, yeah. The main girl is quite good as well. Yeah. Um, but it ju- it just I just I just wasn't enjoying myself while watching it. Sure. And you know there are there's plenty of things to not enjoy while watching this movie. That's for sure. Yeah, but like I if think... you're in the right mindset and you're into this type of movie where just truly fucked up shit is happening. But I think a um, lot of it is really funny. Yeah, I honestly wonder if the kind of the fact that we were in a nearly empty theater, yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah, like had this been a kind of raucous, packed house and people really like yeah. gasping at things and screeching and then laughing yeah. at stuff that's so messed up that it's yeah. hilarious. You know, maybe that would have affected my, uh, would have increased my enjoyment. Maybe instead it was just. Five of us sitting there in silence, being like, "Well, this is this is weird." <laughs> yeah, this is weird. You know, yeah. uh, the gist of the movie, uh, real quick for those who, uh, I mean, I guess watch the trailer. I don't think you'll learn anything. I don't even know how it would explain the gist of the movie. Yeah, it's just kind of about this this girl who has pretty severe issues, and uh, does you know, unfortunately, does have, you know have sex with cars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's going to be a major plot point is that she does indeed have sex with cars. Yeah. And then she has to kind of hide her identity. Yeah. And so she pretends that she is uh, uh, a long lost missing child. Yeah. Uh, as, who has since. Who is a boy. Who is a boy. And so she's disguising herself as a boy and f- finds, basically finds the boy's father 
who kind of takes her in. Yeah. And we'll, we'll leave the, the plot description. Go there. see it. Go see it. The, the tweet, plot. tweet at us. Yeah, let it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, here's an idea. Tweet at me with your thoughts on Titan. Okay? All right, so that's Titan. And if you. Hold Titan on. A- Ti- if, you, if you like it, hashtag Titan rules. <laughs> if you don't like it, hashtag Titan ick. Oh, that's good. Titan ache like the ship, Titan. like the boat, like the boat that sunk. Titan ache. Yeah. That's pretty good. The boat that sunk. That was so sad when that Titan happened. Titan ache is going to be trending. That was so with, sad. With all the, the responses. That was so sad when that boat sunk. All those people on it. So, uh, it's time for the... Reason for the season. There it is. Uh, and this week, that reason is Tony Soprano. Hey. Again, you keep. Hey, Christopher! Hey, Christopher! No one has ever been worse at an impression of anything than. Give me a Sopranos character and I will do an impression right now. Name one. Uh, Dr. Melfi. Why do you like this? (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) Hey, do you like my fish? (laughs) Truly horrific. So, um, this movie, The Many Saints of Newark, obviously a prequel. To the Sopranos. Let's say obviously. Some people might not know. The Many Saints of Newark is a prequel Thank you. to The Sopranos. The the TV show. Yes, of course. The HBO, Homebox Office. It's not TV, TV to HBO. Uh, ended what? What year would you say The Sopranos ended? Would I say or when did it? Well, I assume you don't know when it ended. Oh, so. I don't know much. Uh, could have been 2009. Could have been 2013. It wasn't 2013. Somewhere in that range, I would guess. I said last episode 2000. I was going to say, I was going to say eight. Maybe uh, earlier than oh, that. Yeah, 2007. Seven. All right. <laughs> that was. He I says. Was off hey, a could, he bit. said. Oh, could have been 2013. Well, it could have been. You don't know. Okay, I do know that much. Anyway, so this movie came out this weekend yeah. in theaters and, of course, on HBO Max as well, simultaneously. It's not TV. It's HBO Max. And uh, David Chase, of course, uh, did not direct it, but but wrote the wrote the movie like he did many of uh, the episodes of Sopranos, uh, directed by Alan Taylor, who, yep. al- who also was a Sopranos veteran director. Yep. Um, what was your initial takeaway from watching The Many Saints of Newark? <sighs> well, it's interesting with, with something like this. So going in, I was a huge Sopranos fan. Sopranos. Uh, Sopranos. Prawn. No, a prawn? What are you, a shrimp? <laughs> Where are you? A shrimp? Do you know, shrimp is one of the f- foods, as a vegan... Shrimp is one of the things I miss the most. What's the the shrimp the, cocktail? What's the yeah. Muppet shrimp? Animal? The no, the 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 Muppet shrimp. Yeah, this is like a prawn. What's his name? Never heard of this in my life. All right. Never heard of this. Keep in my uh, life. keep talking about shrimp cocktail. The Muppet shrimp. Yeah, there's a is a, a prawn. Muppet prawn. I've never. Hold on. Let me see a photo of this. Uh, Pepe the Pepe the prawn. What the no. Let me see this. I've never seen this in my life. Yes, you have. Pepe the King. This is Beaker. No, it's Pepe. What the hell? Yeah. What? 
everybody knows Pepe. The is this King Pepe Kong. in blackface? <laughs> oh no! What the, no, he's just wearing a turtleneck. Okay. Well, Pepe seems problematic to me. Uh, least of all, based on the fact that his name is Pepe we'll, the Prawn. We'll, uh, we'll put this picture of Pepe the Prawn in uh, in the show notes. Oh too. my god. Um. So I I, I love the Soprano. It's <laughs> every picture of him is more hilarious than the last. <laughs> Anyway, Pepe the Prawn. Uh, How many times have you watched through The Sopranos? You know, not. I think oof, I, I don't. I haven't seen every episode even twice, probably. Yeah. Um. I, I've seen. I, I so I watched. I did the full rewatch early in the pandemic. Yeah, feels like a lot of people did that. Right. What a show. That's it. What I, I was. The door's still open for your initial take. Oh, okay. Um, the So, like, with something like The Many Scenes of Newark, it's interesting. Because I get excited about just content for a property that I enjoy, right? So, it's exciting. Like, oh, there's going to be more Sopranos. Oh, I said it right. Thank God. Content. Um... So what's not to like? And the casting all felt good. It's going to be a prequel, so it's not like we're doing some like weird thing where the cast is coming back. Like, right, right. Okay, cool. Like, let's see what we have to offer here. And I went in with fairly low expectations, but I was still excited. Yeah. And within five minutes, I think I asked myself, why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not sure it ever rose above that thought, despite the fact that I I enjoyed what I was watching for mm-hmm. the most part. I was entertained. I just, when it comes to something like this, I just wonder if it's worth it. Like worth what? The legacy of The Sopranos. Okay. So when we talk about The Sopranos, it really is inarguably, right, one of the most beloved, sort of like precious, like universally acclaimed things in like pop culture history, certainly recent memory, right? Right. Like, you don't, it's rare to run into someone who's like, okay, hold on. I'm going to cut you off real real quick. Nobody remembers the Breaking Bad movie. Well, this is a great point. That, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> okay. It's a great point. Nobody remembers that there was a Breaking Bad movie. That's what I'm saying. And so I don't think... This feels a little... That felt like such a weird fever dream. Right. I, did, did you watch it? No. I never really? I, I like started it. was like, I don't really care about this. And okay. Uh, I, I like watched part of it on a plane and then... Bail and never watched. And we are talking, of course, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. I couldn't have told you the title, which I thought was good. I like that more than I like this. Okay. And but it's it's it is sort of the same thing. But you are right. But this many Saints of Newark feels. I don't know. It feels like more people are paying attention to this than they paid attention to El Camino. Uh, yeah, El Camino kind of came and went and didn't which, really. Which make I don't know why. It was very strange. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, it was because it was it was closer to right. the run of Breaking Bad. I mean, but also like 
you know, Better Call Saul is still on the air. Like, the Breaking Bad universe, like, is still around. It's still sort of in the ether of, like, pop culture. But, yeah, it is interesting. But Many Saints of Newark, I don't know that it matters. I don't know that you taint the legacy of a TV show with a movie with an entirely separate cast. Right. I don't know that you taint the legacy of a TV show with something like this. Ultimately, I think the answer is no. But I do wonder what it does over time, especially because it it, it sounds like more of this sort of thing uh, is coming. Right. Like David Chase just signed this huge HBO deal. I, I just think there's this is this is going to be coming down the pipeline. More Soprano stuff. Right. That wouldn't be surprising at all. Um, um, here, here was my initial. T- so I definitely, I think I liked it more than you did. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of had a blast watching it. Frankly, like, okay, I was really enjoying myself. Um, it's, it's certainly not the greatest movie ever made. It's, it's not on the level. So, but, but it was just kind of. There were two levels where I thought it was good. One is just the purely like, oh, it's fun to see people playing younger version of these characters that you love. Yeah. Uh, and two, I thought it was generally just a pretty good movie. Um, okay. My biggest, I guess, issue, and that almost feels feels too strong, but you know, you were you were kind of like the why does this exist? My big picture, like the problem, quote unquote, with this is the following. The brilliance of the Sopranos as a show. Sopranos. Sopranos. Pepe the Pran. The brilliance of the Sopranos was that we we took this kind of gangster world yeah. and brought it into a then modern day where suddenly they were like fish out of water. The and ducks. You, yeah, the ducks. And you have – you had Tony – like one of the biggest through lines of the show is is this like tough guy mobster in therapy. And so right, it, right, right, the right. whole like thing was this it, – it's past. It's not their time anymore. They're struggling to come to terms with that. And that was kind of the through line of the entire show. Yeah. Now suddenly for this prequel, we're going back you know, 30-ish, 30-plus years when, and – and it kind of just becomes like a basic mobster yeah. story that we're telling here. There's, it doesn't. It, we lose that specialty that the Sopranos had in that, you know, them coming to grips with it's not their time anymore or, or whatever. And so now we're just kind of back in the heyday of of this mobster yeah. world, and we're getting a a basic story about it. And well, again, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed seeing all my old pals. But it just misses that thing that made The Sopranos special. But here's my question. What is the story? Like, this thing ended and I was like, what? Like, it felt like the pilot of something. Yes. I was like, wait, huh? Okay. Like, I, I left this not really... like. The idea of like, oh, we're going to make this movie about how... Tony became Tony, and it's not about that, really, right, at all. Right, that's not... It's not, oh, we're going to tell you how, like, Christopher became Christopher. It's not about that. 
Right. We're going to tell you about sort of how this mob syndicate came to be. It's like, okay, it's not really about that. It, it, it not to bring it back to Tatan, but it's, it's, it felt like so many things were being thrown at the wall and they all, and like, and one of the weird, so a bunch of this movie is about sort of race riots in New Jersey. Yes. Which I did, I just didn't think it was handled particularly well. And at the end, it's like, wh- where'd that go? Right. It's all these things that are sort of thrown at the wall. And then you're left at the end like, well, okay. okay, What? Yeah, it was kind of the like like the plot of the movie. And we don't want to spoil much of anything here. But the the plot of the movie is basically like the the story of Dickie Moltisanti, who is Christopher in the show's father. Michael Michael Imperioli plays Christopher in the show. Right, just for context, and so and so, yeah. The this story is kind of just like it's kind of the story of his dad, and it has a obviously a million connections to the Sopranos. And the bigger Sopranos fan you are, the more of those you'll pick up on. Sure, but yeah, I suppose the if you're not a, a super fan of Sopranos, you probably aren't gonna connect. The story might seem just kind of, basic. but you didn't think that it was. Was what? Basic. Yeah, I, I did. I guess, and and I I think it's a point well taken about how there's a handful of things going on that don't really gel together as like one, um, you know, cohesive story. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism for sure. Yeah. Um, and it kind of wraps itself up in a in a. Not a weird way, but like I would say it wraps. It. <laughs> Do you remember the last shot of the movie? Uh, yes. Where a corpse gives a pinky promise. Well, that's not wait. Okay, sure. There were there was uh, a quick scene corpse. after that. By the way, what happens after, after that? The, the credits hit? What happens after? That? And then there's one more scene featuring uh, um. During the credits? Yeah. Well, I missed that. Well, there, there's literally like – it's like directed by and then it goes to one more quick little scene. What happens? Well, I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners. Well, well, give me an idea. It features Leslie Odom Jr. Doing what? Whisper it. Not much. Whisper it. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But there right. is, in fact – Another scene. Okay. Fair um, enough. Let's, let's dive into this cast a little bit, if we can. Yes. And some of the things that we... Uh, so, some of the things I enjoyed about the movie... I, there, There's going to be a big point of contention. I just feel it coming, but go on. Why? What, what do you think? No, just go on. We'll see if we... I, I, I would be shocked if we don't get there. Okay. Um... I think that the lead, Dickie Moltisanti, is played by Alessandro Nivola. Yep. I thought he was good. Yep. I thought he was great. Okay. Oh, hold on. Uh, I don't want to go one by one because, frankly, I think the whole cast is quite good. Absolutely not. Who? All right. Go ahead. Okay. We got to talk about two people here. Uh-huh. 
I don't even know which one to talk about first. But okay, we'll talk about John Magaro as young Silvio. <laughs> Somebody went to acting school. This that was, and it's almost like if you're like, I love that performance, and like, okay, I get it. But man, that was a caricature of okay, but the Stevie Van Zandt performance. And here's what I will say: when he does a little walk or whatever to yes, the door, he nailed that. He he does, but even that I found annoying. It's fair to find that this performance. I found annoying. it to be very. I found it to be very annoying. I get that. I I just kind of generally enjoyed it and wasn't particularly concerned with it but they feel like a sketch performance i guess is what i'm saying yeah that's fair but also silvio and stevie van zandt's performance is so preposterous but i yeah but i bought every second of it sure I, but it's like sure he's a caricature and I, so yeah you would think maybe a, when you're playing the younger version of him you tone it down a little bit or whatever and he just yeah. kind of uh, i'm fine with with taking issue with that performance Let's, I just kind of wrote it off as like, oh, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay. Let, okay. Let, let's start with some positives. I thought Corey Stoll was great. He he was nailing, like, the voice. Yeah, I thought he was great. So, Corey Stoll plays plays Uncle Junior. Yeah. Th- I thought he was perfect. Yes. Perfect I didn't think he had a ton to do, but I thought Agreed. he was... Agreed. Would have liked more. Yeah. Same thing Because I love with... Junior just, you know, as a character, obviously. Yeah. And then... We're going to get... Okay. So, let's... And then also, like... So, Tony... Tony Soprano Jr. James Gandolfini Jr. plays Tony. That's not his name. It's Michael Gandolfini, but... Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I call him James Gandolfini Jr., okay? And that's a compliment. It's a compliment. Sure. Michael, apparently, Gandolfini plays Tony, and... Yeah, so, James Gandolfini's son, obviously in real life is playing the younger version of Tony Soprano. And he's great. He was very good. Yeah, he's it. I was impressed. Yeah, he's it. And it 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 actually in a weird way it gave me hope. It made me sad for well, that too. Uh, he, what he really had down was like his posture. Yeah. He had and like in the, the voice which makes sense obviously, but like it he didn't it felt like kind of a confident performance. Like he didn't really, right. he wasn't over the top. He just sort of was like in his own body. And I think it was like confident enough that he was going to like channel his father. For sure. And I, you just, you bought it. That was, yeah. that's, I was surprised by the way that I think maybe even more than half the movie or, or about half the movie, he's not in it yet. It's like the younger. I know. For like I a know. full hour. I know. Before we even see uh, Michael Gandolfini. Um, what I was going to say, though, interesting in, in this year that we have two movies released where the son of an actor is playing a prominent role. Uh, we have the upcoming Licorice Pizza. Uh, of course. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper of course. Hoffman, of course. is playing the lead or co-lead or whatever. Uh, and this uh, this performance here by James Gandolfini's son gave me a little bit of optimism. That, but Coop? That perhaps Cooper can pull off the same feat. Here. Coop's going to be great. Now he's obviously not playing not playing Philip. a character yeah. that his father played, but no, get, I guess he's not. Feeling, he's not playing his dad. Well, he's sort of playing his dad. Um, yeah. Okay. So 
quickly, I think we should talk about Vera Farmiga, who I did not love. Okay. I liked what she was doing, I suppose. Real quick, Vera Farmiga playing Livia Soprano, who in the TV show is Tony's mother. And Livia Soprano is, say it with me, one of the best the characters, characters in television ever. history. Now, I found out recently that people there are people who think it's one of the worst characters turn it in off history. turn off the pocket if you think that Libby Soprano is one of the worst turn and now if we're talking about CGI <laughs> Livia Soprano in season two three three two I don't remember tick tick boom if we're talking about CGI Nancy Marchand then yeah, it's not so great. But if you don't love Livia Soprano, Livia Soprano we're not on the same page. One of the we're not on the same page. Characters in television history. One of the best. So I got none of that from Vera. I thought those were two completely different people. I didn't get it at all. I I I enjoyed watching Vera's performance. Yeah. But I did not get Livia from her at all. I bought it. Good. You but know, it somebody was, did. I could see the progression of how someone would go from where Vera is playing in this movie to what Nancy Marshawn ends up doing in the show. Okay. I could have used a few more uh, faces hey. and, and, and hand gestures. <laughs> yeah. But like part of it is is – Olivia Soprano has dementia in The Sopranos. And so, <laughs> sure. you know, it, it's not probably not the easiest thing to back time 35 years. But and, she and wasn't I, – I didn't find her that funny. Like, I, it's – Right. She had some of the some of the lines. Like, there was a poor – oh, poor you that, yeah, that yeah, made its yeah. way into the script. Uh, she was – it just wasn't my favorite. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I enjoyed her. I thought she did um, a, uh, an admirable job. Okay, I so think, by the way, in our Oscars episode, I, I predicted you her did, as one of my you best did, supporting, yeah. well, that's not gonna happen, best supporting but... actress potential nominations. All right. So we're going to need to talk about uh, something now. Uh, are we talking about Ray, you... Le Ray Liotta, John Bernthal, Leslie Odom Jr.? We're going to go ahead and talk about Ray Liotta playing two different people in this movie. Okay. And we're Loved gonna... it. What? He was great. Ray Liotta is awesome. You didn't like Ray Liotta in this? This is a bad take. Listen, here's what we're going to say. He's playing twins, first of all. I, twins aren't the same person. Yeah, neither were his characters. Okay, so I said he's playing two people. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a problem? What? <laughs> well, he's playing twins, first of all. Yeah. It's, he's playing two different people. Right. Okay. We'll continue. At a certain point, we need to recognize that somebody's best days are behind them. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is the wrong take. And Ray Liotta... Unfortunately, in this movie, this is wrong. False is. I hate to say this, giving not only one, 
but two embarrassing performances. This is – I don't agree even a smidgen. Just because – I'm curious what the vibe is about him in this movie. Just gonna, because gonna, he was in Goodfellas doesn't mean that he just gets to do this for the rest of his life. He's perfect in Goodfellas. Ray Liotta in Goodfellas, fantastic. Ray Liotta in this movie is doing something that I can't quite fathom. I can't quite understand what's going on. It feels like he's reading the script off a cue card. And he very well may have been. I love Ray Liotta. I truly do. Ray, sometimes you got to know when to hang up the boots, my man. No way. I, I was, I greatly, greatly enjoyed all of Ray Liotta. Okay. But you seem to, oh, hold on. I just found someone who tweeted, someone named, let's see. Oh, this person has 121,000 followers. Oh. Do you know Pete Blackburn? I did, wait, do you not? He's like a huge Boston sports guy. Never heard of him. Um, here's his tweet. My Many Saints of Newark takeaways. Why the hell was Ray Liotta even in this movie? I'm still not really sure what the plot was. Young Polly was tremendous. Young Silv, Silv was not. <laughs> Wait. For as much fan service as they tried to provide, I don't feel very served. I'm, I wrote that tweet. That's <laughs> literally all your takes right there. I do follow Pete on Twitter. Maybe, 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 oh, no. maybe all of my takes are coming from him. And that was basically <laughs> people are screen grabbing uh, his face. Ray Liotta's face when he's when he was laughing really hard. Oh yeah, Ray Liotta loves to laugh, doesn't he? He really does. Great laugher. I don't. I, I don't want to be too mean to Ray Liotta, who I do think is like a legend. I just don't think this was it. I don't I en- think this was it. I enjoy Ray Liotta every single time I see him in anything. Did you watch every season of Shades of Blue? I don't know what that is. His show with Jennifer Lopez. Oh. Every season. Of course. Why are you just scrolling Twitter while we're recording a podcast? <laughs> I'm just seeing what the Ray Liotta takes were. I'm trying to see well, if what the, are they? the general consensus is on my side or yours. I, I don't – you know what? I hope they're on yours. I, my opinions, I don't make for the masses, okay? I'm not a sheep like you, okay? I'm not a it sheep. It seems to be pretty split where some people are like, he seems out of his mind and, and not really in this movie. And then other people are like, he's great. He didn't seem right to me. And I know he is playing a murderer. There we go. Here's uh, Matt, Matt Zoller-Seist, film critic. Ray Liotta is terrific in many scenes oh, of Newark. Oh, he's like a huge Sopranos. But when has he ever been bad? He really is a tremendous actor. Agreed. Love Ray Liotta. Does that say promoted underneath? Because it's probably promoted by Ray Liotta. Uh, I mean, it could have been promoted just by Matt himself. I, I love... He does, in fact, have a Sopranos book. But... Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> I love Ray Liotta. Ray, come on the pod. Let's talk about what you were doing during this podcast. Or this podcast. Or this movie. Also, this podcast. All right. Here are some of my other thoughts about The Many Saints of Newark. Okay. Uh, I wrote down, was this? All right. So we're going to get into this a little bit with, with prequels in general. But I also kind of wrote down the, all right, when you're doing a prequel, I guess the first question you have to ask yourself is, is this necessary? Is there a necessary story to tell here? Thank you. Correct. And the the trick here is that uh, even though there have been good prequels, the answer literally 
is no to every single. There's never been a prequel where it's been like this is this is 100 percent necessary. They could still be good. Yeah, but it's kind of tough to make them necessary. The, yeah. the definition of a prequel is we already know what happens next, so we don't need this. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Pre- it's pretty tough to, um, you know, you get the point. Uh, fun to see the gang. I wrote, and then I wrote uh, caricatures? <laughs> question mark. <laughs> and th- that plays a little bit into what you're talking about with Silvio, where like they're just they're they're all kind of having hey. fun with it, and um, hey. what's his name? Billy Magnuson playing as Polly. Great, he's great. I, I mean, Billy Magnuson. I'll, I'll take Billy Magnuson any day of the week. I mentioned already that Corey Stoll didn't have a ton to do as Junior. I thought uh, John Bernthal, kind of a uh, similar sense as, as Tony's father, where, like, I think he's great. He's one of those guys that, like, jumps off the screen to me in anything he's in. He's like, he's um, like an actor, actor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't, I, that wasn't a compliment. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's fine. You know, like the, the Jonathan majors of it all, the Jonathan majors of it all. It's an, that's exactly got right. It, got it, got that's it. exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I generally like him and everything. He similarly, he didn't have all that much to do. I thought he's also very hot. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I get that. Um, <laughs> Just a couple of the little Sopranos-y things that I thought that was very cool that they had in there. Uh, one is the scene where where Tony sees his dad get arrested and one of the one of his guys gets shot at the amusement park, like they're yeah, coming out of the yeah, amusement yeah, park. Yeah. That's a scene that they they like did flashbacks to that scene right in the show. Right, right, right. So it was, it was cool. That they like did it again in this movie. I only know that because it. I did see people tweet about that. Uh, <laughs> I did not pick up on that while I was watching the show. Gotcha, unfortunately, gotcha. yeah. Uh, and the then movie. the other one that I really uh, that really jumped out to me, just a, a notable, was Dicky Moltisanti, uh, with his girlfriend. He had a scene where he's talking about uh, she wanted to, she wants to run like a salon, a beauty parlor. Yes. Yeah. And so she he wants was to run like, a beauty he parlor. was, yeah. He like was going to buy it for her and let her kind of run it. And that mirrors what happens with Christopher and Adriana, Ugh. where Christopher buys a nightclub and lets Adriana be like them for Adriana to be the manager of it and run mm-hmm. it the way she wants to run it. So I thought that was a cool parallel, yeah. like father, like son uh, moment. And there were just so many things like that that, that were creatively uh, woven into this movie, which is, you know, which is which is why I enjoyed it, really, because yeah, I, I think sure. your criticisms are valid about, you know. But even just like wait, wait. talking about this, like this, talking about like Adriana, it just makes me want to go watch The Sopranos. And maybe that's the point. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But like, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. We haven't, I, I guess one of the shame, one of the things that I, I, I don't love about it is like, we're not really even talking about sort of like the Leslie Odom Jr. sort of like race aspect of the entire thing, which I thought was kind of, just kind of mishandled. I was surprised that um, that Leslie Odom Jr. and his his character was such a prominent part of this movie. It was like, you know, it was it was about Dickie Moltisanti and Leslie Odom Jr. Like was probably the second biggest character in the movie. Yeah, in terms of screen time, in terms of of plot importance, um, and you know, he he becomes the adversary. So it, I guess yeah. that makes sense. But like, you're in the Sopranos world, and it was like mm-hmm. this. You know, there's, there's always, 
I guess that's how the Sopranos always did it too. There was always kind of the the bad guy of the season or whatever. And it's just all, I don't know, like it just it felt just like the storyline of like Leslie Odom Jr. like sleeping with, you know, Dickie's girlfriend or whatever, and then like just having to like hear the N word all all the time. It's like I don't all the time. It happens like it's it happens multiple I, I don't know. It I mean, I just think felt I think it was used once in like a very dramatic It moment. just felt clumsy to me. I, I think that's that's fair. I don't know. Just like it just felt like sort of like the racial relations of that era were being used as a plot device rather than like really give them any sort of like historical context. Yeah. Like it was all about how the race riots like affected the white people. Right, but we're talking about the Sopranos. Here. I understand, you know, like, but that's... like it's not sure, but like it just it it was it just felt kind of clumsy to me. Yes. You know? I I think clumsy is is a a fair way to criticize it. I don't think it's like problematic. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's problematic, but yeah, I don't know. I think it could have just been handled with a little bit more grace, maybe. Sure. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, The Many Saints of Newark, of course, Yeah. Uh, is a... Well, well, is based on a TV show. What? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this yet. Uh, there have been previous examples sure. of movies. We mentioned El Camino yeah, previously. Yeah, of course. Uh, I believe you have a uh, a little breakdown of some previous TV shows as movies. A little bit, TV but shows I, as mo- movies as TV shows. But uh, yeah, just also real quickly, I do want to say that I uh, uh, got an email alert. I do have two emails from next door. Uh, one elderly woman bit by dog, Uh-oh. and uh, UFO sighting tonight around eight twenty-five p.m. Oh my god, where? Playa Vista. You don't live in Playa Vista. Okay, but I get next door emails for the neighborhood surrounding where I live. Okay, but that's like ten miles away. What is your point? Well, you can you can shrink them down so it's only your immediate neighborhood. <sighs> you don't get it. You don't get next door. Uh, next door is. I don't want to tell you. Just an oh, also, I one just real quick. Uh, uh, Dicky Multisanto, Multisanto, Multisanti, T. Uh, teaches a blind baseball team. <laughs> that is something that I just... That was one of the weirdest scenes. What the hell was that? That was such a crazy moment in the movie. I I like I almost had to watch the scene twice just to be like... What the hell? Did, that, did I just hallucinate that scene? Anyway. I loved it, by the way. It was great. Oh, maybe the best scene in the movie. The, uh, the blind kid hit the ball. Hit a clean, hit a ground ball, and the shortstop, also blind, fielded it cleanly. <laughs> Get him on the Tigers. That's, that's how good of a coach Dickie is. Dickie. Unbelievable. Oh, good stuff. Good for them. Uh, so, the discussion about TV shows that have uh, sort of been made into, excuse me, I'm burping, into movies 
you know, you mentioned uh, El Camino, which I think is is sort of the the easiest comparison here for a movie like this. Right. Um, but then here's the argument that I want to make. I don't think that there's one example that I think works better than any others. And some of these are not prequels, obviously. But let's let's go down this list briefly. So Deadwood has Deadwood the movie. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Which was uh, not a prequel. Right. We have Downton Abbey that oh, now yeah. has a movie coming. One already came. And already has yeah, a so second one coming. Already has one. Now has another movie coming next year. Uh, the Simpsons had the Simpsons movie, which made like $300 million in theaters. Yeah, massive hit. Uh, a couple others that are a bit smaller that I think people just like sort of forget about. Like Veronica Mars had a Veronica Mars sure. movie. The X-Files had a movie that came out in 2000 something. Like within the past decade, the X-Files I want to believe. Yes, I remember that. I think maybe the best example of a TV show movie is maybe South Park, Bigger, Longer, <laughs> and Uncut. A classic. A movie that is nominated for Oscars, mind you. <laughs> so I don't think that a TV show having a movie like this necessarily does anything to the legacy of a show, except for one example. Where is he going with this? And that is a little television show called Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Who has had two, two one, movies. Two movies. The second one, I think I'm on record on this podcast saying, is one of the worst atrocities ever known to man. That's when they go to Dubai? It is when they go to Dubai. Classic. There's man, not man. enough time to get into it. Okay. <laughs> What's what's the uh, camel of it all? What's there's a couple good puns. I I don't want to know. I don't <laughs> want to know. Uh, and then of course we have coming up uh, and just like that, which is Sex in the City, sort of making its full circle back to being a show again. Yes, which is coming to HBO uh, in a couple months. Uh, but I think like. Zeroing in, because I think this is a good example, because it feels like The Sopranos is sort of circling this territory maybe now a little bit. This sort of very beloved HBO show that could have just gone away, but instead was so determined to taint its legacy with these useless movies. The legacy is not tainted. Oh, I think it is. No, no. The no. Sex and the City legacy is definitely tainted. No uh, way. It, it, yes, it is. No, it's not. Come on. Yes. That's ridiculous. Ask Kim Cattrall. She came back for the movies. She's and now they cut her out. <laughs> the, if you don't think the Sex and the City legacy is tainted by these awful movies, I don't know what to tell they you. They made an Entourage movie. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> We'll talk about a movie that was tainted from, you know, season one of the TV show. Uh, Season one was quite good. Never saw an episode, of course, but would never even dare. Would never even dare. Would never even dare. I've eaten at Fat Sal's, but I would never. Pretty good show show for a little bit, and then it became a really, really, really bad show. You were obsessed with Entourage for a while. Not true. Do you want to bring up your old tweets? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, maybe later. (laughs) 
I would argue, though, that I, I do think that the Sex and the City legacy has been tainted by what has come after the show. I don't think Absolutely. that. Because the first movie was generally fairly well-liked. Like, it's yeah. not great, but it was like, oh, that was, you know, that was a um, classic movie. After that. And then they made another movie, and it was terrible. And we'll see what happens. With but no, like, like, do you think there were Sex and the City fans out there who were like... Yes. I used to love the show, but God, when they went to Dubai in the movie, it's so bad. Now I'm out on the show. No way. No, but I I do think it taints the legacy of it. I really do. Well, we just said there are no Sex and the City fans who are... But how does it taint the legacy? Because it's just not this. It's just not as special anymore. And that's what's going to happen with Sopranos. If every two years we get another movie about like, hey, let's see what happened to Tony next. I think it goes the other way. I think... The show if, is better because the movies suck? I think you can make that argument. Is that like, if they keep making movies every once in a while or projects, you know, in this universe, and they're just not that good, they're, they're you know, it'll... It, it just reminds people to like go back and watch the original show. It's so good. That might that might be true, but like, isn't that so much more fun to do without having to tell somebody like, "Don't watch this movie. It sucked." Go back and watch the original. Isn't it nice just to have this pure, pristine thing? I mean, sure, but like, you can't. It, those are so rare now that you can't let that affect. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be alive anymore. I. I don't like what's happening. I don't like what's happening. I don't like what's happening. <laughs> Do you like what's happening? No. You know. You think about like there are big issues going on in the world, and I'm aware. You know, we talk about the climate. We talk about certain, you know, sort of the border. You know, things like this. But. <laughs> The climate and the border. I think the big thing we really have to worry about is the legacy of these HBO Just properties. IP in general. The like legacy I, of these HBO properties. How yeah. IP has What's evolved next? over time. What's next? Well, that brings me to prequels in general. Oh, now, God. I teased this this element a little earlier, but... um, I don't want to be alive. I'm just going to run through some, some famous prequels... That you may or may not remember. And, okay. Well, I guess we can tie this into: Has the legacy been damaged? It always has, but okay. by these prequels. Yeah, it always has, but. So unquestionably, the most famous prequel example is the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Well, say no more. Now that is say kind no of the more classic case of like, oh my god, these. This is one of the most, if not the most beloved, you know film series of all time yeah and then all of a sudden we have these three movies about how we got to that point and they're just bad yeah um I mean, a lot of people don't think they're bad almost everyone thinks they're bad it ha they have their defenders but no they're they are bad and nearly everyone is on board with that opinion no no not, no come on the the star wars prequel <laughs> movies what are you talking about? Unbelievable. Uh, one of the... Okay, proving my point. Next. No, what's I'm next? Saying, I'm saying that hasn't hurt the people's thoughts about the original Oh, because people are nerds. Okay. Um, another famous example. Uh, this is... This is... I love how you... It has to be 
famous example. This is another – this is a positive example of a prequel that works and that literally everybody agrees it works is The Godfather Part Two. Now, The Godfather Part oh, Two, okay. half of the movie is used as you – know, propels the story forward while the other half of the movie goes back in time and shows you a young uh, Vito Corleone. What, do you want to hear my Vito impression? I do not. <laughs> just who oh boy uh some other two other prequels that i didn't actually know as prequels were prequels until i researched this topic oh great uh indiana jones and the temple of doom yeah you mentioned that earlier i don't yeah. takes place before raiders of the lost ark i did not remember that i haven't seen temple of doom in a long time uh the good the bad and the ugly a prequel to a fistful of dollars and the- for a few dollars more and if I told you I'd never seen any of those, would you be surprised? Oh, uh, I believe you mentioned that in the Clint Eastwood Cry Macho Couldn't episode. tell you anything I said on this podcast ever. And I, that is actually an important point of note. I don't remember anything I've ever said on this podcast. And I apologize for it all. And I apologize for nothing. Uh, here's a question. Yeah? How do you feel about uh, the movie The Wizard of Oz? Filmed right here in Culver City, California? Correct. Uh, I hate it. How about the movie Alien? Well, do we have, don't make me say my alien, but I have to say about Alien. How about Monsters, Inc.? I don't like Monsters, Inc. How Where is he going with this? 101 Dalmatians. Which one? The original animated. Okay. How about Dumb and Dumber? What is The Wizard of Oz a prequel to? No. All of these movies that I have mentioned now that are classics and everybody loves, even though you try to pretend you don't like any of them, no, but all okay. of these movies have prequels that came that came out after the original. Wicked doesn't count. And none of no no, it's not Wicked. It's Oz the Great and Power- Powerful with James Franco. Okay, I'm turning this off. Uh, I'm unplugging this microphone. One of the worst movies ever made. I'm unplugging this microphone. But it does not taint the legacy of the that Wizard of is Oz. not the same thing. And you know it, you slimy bitch. Alien has prequels like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. It's not the same. It's not the the same. It's not the same. Dumb and Dumber had a prequel with two different people playing whatever. Oh, God forbid to be taint the legacy of Dumb and Dumber. Monsters, Inc. had had a prequel called Monsters University, which is not very good. Doesn't ruin the legacy of Monsters, Inc. Because there wasn't one to begin with. Cruella is a prequel to 101 oh Dalmatians. God, this is, I, anyway, there have been a I'm lot of... I'm jump uh, off this roof. The point is, there have been a lot to of bad prequels. Say, fine. The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. There were three movies made. There were prequels to Lord of the Rings. Let me tell you something right now. If you think I've seen a Hobbit movie... I know you haven't. I, <laughs> you got another thing coming, pal. <laughs> anyway, the, the moral of the prequel story is... Uh, they're never necessary. Can be well done. Godfather 2, well done. That's a, that's a stretch. What do you mean? Godfather 2 as a prequel is a stretch. Because it's only half? Yeah, yes. Essentially. I mean, Godfather 2 is one of the greatest movies ever made, of course. And half of it is a, is a prequel. Okay. But if anybody... Well, 
Whatever. What? No, go. What are you gonna say? You're gonna be mean. You're gonna say something. No, mean I was gonna about say me. if we took. No, out... you're gonna say something mean about me. But you? No, no. I was, I was talking about the Godfather two. If we removed all the prequel aspects of the Godfather two and gave a little more, it'd only be four hours. And and gave a little more of the uh, modern day stuff with you know the Al Pacino timeline instead of the Robert De Niro timeline. It would probably still be just. I would like to go back. It does add to the story. I would like to go back to when you called Oz the Great and Powerful a prequel to the Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. It is. What is your problem? It's not. Yes, it is. What they can do, but it's not. But it's not made by the same people. You can't just do. I could go make a prequel to the Wizard of Oz right now if I wanted to. Maybe I will. Go to the Clover Hotel. That's where the Munchkin stayed. What is your point? It's not. The legacy gets tainted by the people who made it themselves. Like, Judy Garland is not in Oz the Great and Powerful. And think that she overdosed 40 years prior. Okay, well, nearly every other example same. I did was made by the same people. What? Monsters University. But who cares about that? Nobody cares about Monsters University. Godfather 2. Good, oh. the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, Temple okay. of Doom. Okay, Star Wars. That's prequels. why I brought up the Wizard of Oz. Oz the Great and Powerful is not a prequel. Yes, it is. It's a prequel. No, no, it's not. It's just not. You can't put that in the same conversation. Yes, you can. What are you talking about? Be, no, it's made by an. an nobody at. It's not licensed by anybody. It's not made by the same people. It is licensed. So they bought the rights to the story, and they made a prequel. But it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's still prequel. What the hell's the point? <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. Y- you just don't get it. You just don't get it. All right. Exactly. Perfect. I think. If you. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Here. Moral of the story. I was in The Wizard of Oz in high school, okay? Moral of the story is don't make prequels if you can avoid it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. And on that note, it's time to wrap this episode with yeah. a hastily prepared top 10 of the week. And when I say hasty with this one, it was hastily prepared. I don't even want to know what's to come. The category this week, the top, the hastily prepared top 10 episodes of <laughs> the Popcorn Boys so far. <laughs> what? That's right. The Popcorn Boys. This is episode 21 of the Popcorn Wait, Boys. You're not okay. You're not doing the top 10 episodes of Sopranos. No, I'm doing the top 10 episodes of the Popcorn Boys. You're doing the top 10 episodes. Everyone's doing the top. If you want to find the top 10 episodes of Sopranos. What's your favorite? Uh, well, we started at number 10 here. Oh, uh, the Sopranos. I meant the Sopranos. Uh, I don't know, actually. I mean, yeah. some of the obvious ones are great. The like, Suitcase? That's... Oh, boy. Fly? <laughs> I love the finale, actually, of the Sopranos. Hot take. Finale's great. Oh, finale's fantastic. If you don't like There's the so many finale, classics like uh, White Caps and Pine Barrens. That if you is. don't like the finale, Sopranos, I hate to say it. <laughs> Just not a Journey fan, huh? No one, no one, no one's a Journey fan. Well, Journey's a Journey. Who does have fans? It's the Popcorn Boys. Okay, sorry. And here this, are the top this, ten. Based on what? Don't worry about it. 
This is this is this is the most narcissistic thing we've ever done, and that you uh, you I, I take no credit for. This is you. Look, this is a good. I wanted to be like, what are what are the best episodes we've done so far? And here we go. Hey, so this is our twenty. So there's twenty to choose from. So half of them are making the list. That's correct. Okay, great. Uh, number ten is the. <laughs> this is. Uh, the tenth best episode of the Popcorn Boys thus far uh, was episode number twelve. The, oh my 2022, the 2022 Academy Awards draft. Oh God, that we already fucked that up. Well, that that exactly that, and that one is only going to grow in stature as we get to listen to it as we get closer to the Oscars. Yeah, we're, you, you we're can gonna, re-listen to that one and laugh at our predictions. Yeah, we're gonna time. we're gonna have to do a rewind on that. Uh, the ninth best episode of the Popcorn Boys thus far, uh, episode 18, Stepmom versus Miami Vice. Wow, the great I, movie trade off of 2021. I cried. Yeah, that was quite an episode. You know, really kind of showcased. The, the epitome of, of our friendship and our movie <laughs> fandom and, and this podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, the eighth best episode of uh, of the Popcorn Boys, number episode number 15, the Amy Adams episode. Oh, my girl. Yeah, we, I, we did a nice job uh, diving into diving into Amy and, and her career. Uh, the seventh best episode. <laughs> let me find what number this it was. This is so absurd. Was our fifth episode, the 2001 Academy Awards, a retrospective. That was fun. It was cool. It was cool to go back. I don't 20 know if that was fun for the audience, but it was fun for us. Yeah, that was. That's all that matters. People loved it. Uh, number six in the top ten uh, was episode eleven, <laughs> the M Night Shamathon. Ooh, baby! <laughs> Shamathon was was delightful. Old was the you know the way to get in there, and the reason for the season was wow. old. Yeah, what a time! Uh, the fifth best episode of the podcast thus far was episode four, a return to theaters. With a Quiet Place Part Two and Cruella. Now this one I felt just had a really nice flow to it. It was kind of like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like, is, this is what we want this podcast. You we figuring out what we want I, the podcast to be. I've really been wondering when when you were going to go off the deep end to <laughs> witness it in real time. Recorded is perfect. The fourth best episode of the Popcorn Boys thus far uh, was just last week. It was the Jake Gyllenhaal episode. That'd be my number one problem. Now, I, I think that one, I didn't want to have recency bias. I, I needed to let that yeah. one breathe a little bit. <laughs> put it in the decanter and see, maybe, you ask oh, me a month from you. now, that might jump up to number one. Okay. Uh, the third best episode was actually our second episode, the 2021 box office draft. Now, this is kind of wow. the core text of the podcast. You know, you need to understand the, the box office draft to really follow along with the beginning of every one of these episodes. But uh, our second best episode <laughs> was – where did it go? Oh, he um, lost. He forgot. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what number episode it was. Oh. There it is. Uh, episode number seven, the queer subtext of Luca <laughs> and a ranking of every Pixar movie ever. That's a good one. People were – just hyped on that one. People love that episode, yeah. People love Luca. Um, Do you ever figure out if Luca's gay? In that episode, all right. We were asked. Uh, we were asked. Hold on, hold on. We got some feedback about why we ranked a certain movie so low. And you know what? Now I can't remember which movie it was. Well, great. Damn it. Well, I guess Toy that, Story. Yeah, it's for another. Toy Story was number one. It wasn't that one. That's for another time. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Who notable listener Travis? Oh, Trav. Oh, 
Yeah, he called out one of the movies. I don't remember which one it was. Oh, it's. I think it's A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah it's not that good. <laughs> well, glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> and finally, number one episode we've ever done. It was episode three. It was Tenant Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Our breakdown of the movie Tenant. You know, and uh, I believe... That is actually our most popular episode thus far as well. Is it really? According to the the number of listens. Oh, God. The Nolan fans have found us. Tenet was my return to movie theaters. It featured us trying to explain the plot of Tenet in 30 seconds. Oh, my God. To, you know, high high praise from the audience on that one. So there it is. Hastily prepared (laughs) top 10 episodes of the Popcorn Boys thus far. We'll see if this one cracks the list. Yeah, when are you uh, going to re- re- redo this? <laughs> well, I mean, we've done twenty episodes. It's time to kind of. Uh, I just want to look reassess. Over to okay, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Uh, so that's going to do it for us for this week. Now, next Whew. week, another big moment. Oh my god! Box yeah, challenge well, in huge. the box office world in general, and in uh, movie, the movie universe. Yeah, it's time. It's finally, well, no, no time. It's time. It's finally time. There's just no time to die. There it is, my friend. The movie whose original release date was, can you guess it? September 11th, 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Original release date, November 2019 for No Time to Die. Wow. We are, it is coming out. Almost exactly two years later. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, we are my wife. <laughs> what a world, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Craig's farewell as James Bond. Join us next Bye. week. We will be diving in to the four previous Daniel Craig James Bond flicks. That's correct. And giving our thoughts. That's on right. The two years of anticipation for No Time to Die. There's just no time to die. Popcorn Boys After Dark are out. Bye. Good night.